All right. Welcome back. You're listening to Lulu's son. Uh, we've, we've got the crew here. We'll, we'll start off with Coco Puff. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I am just happy to be here. Welcome back, Coco Puff. Thank you so much. Harry, Harry nice to Reader. see you. Thank you, Spicy Meatball. Pleasure happy, to be with happy you. Happy to be here as well. Love the group. Well, today's topic is, is going to be real interesting. <laughs> We're talking about dysfunctional families. Relatable. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. This is going to yes, be good for our podcast listeners. If you have a fucking listeners. dysfunctional family. I think we should like clap our hands or something because nobody can see. <laughs> Woo! Go. Putting happy, the fun in dysfunctional. You know. And I mean, honestly, who doesn't have a dysfunctional family these days? Well, that That's was four for four for us. Uh, yeah. Well, five for five, actually, oh. with the uh, sound engineer here but as behind well. Behind my back, hadn't seen it. My apologies. Yeah. What, okay. what makes a, a family functional or dysfunctional? Why are we all raising our hands here? So functional would be like the stereotypical mother, father, married, happy. Everybody's working through problems. Communication is great. They've made it through your childhood marriage, probably, um, or not, and still working well together. Dysfunctional is what? Causing you trauma. My therapist really has made a lot of money off of me this year because of my <laughs> dysfunctional family. I mean, re- really, if they told you that that was the qualification, <laughs> wouldn't we all have been therapists? Because like, everyone's fucked up. I've been therapized. It's true. <laughs> Here's I, I the think, definition. Okay, lay it on us. A dysfunctional family is a family in which conflict, misbehavior, and often child neglect or abuse on the part of individual parents occur continuously and regularly leading other members to accommodate such actions. Mm. Why does that sound like Catholicism? Oh, wait, hang on. Children sometimes grow up in such families with the understanding that such a situation is normal. Mm. That definition totally puts my husband's dysfunctional family. Yeah. And you know what? Were there pictures next to it? Like, hi. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start off with a very raw story. So... My husband and I met and, you know, a period of time went by and, um, okay, you've got to meet the family. And it was the holidays. Fine. He kind of gave me a little bit forewarning, but didn't really tell me the whole story. So I get there. We're sitting on the couch. She's fucking loopy as shit, right? Wait, who's Smoking she? a cigarette, the stepmother. Okay. She's bouncing back and forth, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's going to fucking kill everybody in this house. <laughs> she passes out on the couch with the lit cigarette. Oh, no. Literally. Okay. Fast forward to dinner. It was just like the movies, man. She was so fucked up, she, like, face-planted into the meal and, like, knocked everything over. You're kidding me. Oh, my God. And you could see his dad was so angry, but he didn't want to say anything. You know, he was trying to keep his mouth shut. This whole experience, I was like, what the fuck am I getting into? How long had you been together since this was probably uh, the first year? Oh, wow. Yeah. Really scared you off there. Rip off the Band-Aid. Well, he warned (laughs) me and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm not sure how much of this I can handle. But okay, I love this man. So let's continue on. Now, speaking the, the same... I didn't introduce my husband to my family until six, seven years later after we had been dating. Because were, were you traumatized after meeting us? Well, family? no, because being growing up in an Asian family, right? They're very judgmental. And my family, 
I never talked about the relationship and they were so surprised when they finally met my husband, right? Like, oh, you actually have somebody. Yes, bitch. <laughs> You're not going to be the old spinster right. single forever. But, but yeah, I mean, that was the beginning of this level of dysfunction. That sounds like a normal family holiday in my house. <laughs> it, you would honestly think that if you didn't get it right the first time, you could have tried to do better the second time. Mm. You know, instead of picking yeah. someone who's just going to fall asleep with the ash hanging over and then your house burns down. Herbie and the stepmother. Uh, I guess none of, none of us are perfect here, least of all myself. So I will say, um, you know, Agent J and I met on a blind date. So he knew nothing of my backstory or my family. And my, so my family tree is more like a family shrub, right? <laughs> like we've got branches <laughs> everywhere I've I have, both my parents have been married three times, divorced twice. I have step-parents coming out of my asshole, right? <laughs> so <laughs> he had never met anybody. And my dad and my stepmom were living in Mexico at the time. So he had never even come into contact with them. And the first time that he met them was such an awful experience that Agent J literally was like, I don't think I can date you. I literally don't think I can date you because your father is such an asshole. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's gotten better. He got, he got, this is a side note here, but he got really sick for a number of years and it softened, softened <laughs> him up for a little bit. I had to almost so, die. Yeah, It was uh, one of those close encounters and uh, he softened up a bit. Thank God. I actually yeah. didn't hear anything you said after coming in my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's did I you said coming mind. out uh, okay right. okay because yeah. I was like I don't recall that <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> did I say that and not give right. because well, that's that's that seems out of character it's wishful thinking <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah my favorite story is uh Thanksgiving I don't know three years ago maybe so not that long ago when there was an all-out brawl with my sister who could face plant into the mashed potatoes basically <laughs> and my stepmom who lord only knows what she was up to she couldn't get her spot on the couch so all hell broke loose and it became such a battle that my father who was not in good health and still is not in good health but was definitely not in a position to go out on the streets of this big city by himself he walked out and left, and he walked his ass home like three miles. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was. <laughs> what what was, was the substance of choice that made them dysfunctional, or is it Alcohol? no substance? Oh, it's always booze. Well, I mean, it's not always just booze. It's booze plus. Damn. But it's booze and weed, basically. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, mine is pill popping, any pill pops, alcohol. I'm sure that there was other substance abuse issues in the past. Mine is scarier. They're just naturally crazy. <laughs> like without the substances, naturally cray. Yeah. All of them. And usually it's just the men in my family. So hmm. my, um, on my father's side, now my dad's adopted. Um, and so that's caused him a lot of issues because he didn't find out that he was adopted until he was like, he was nine, but he found out himself. Nobody told him. Me too. It was hard for him and it really affected his whole life. Um. He, that really messed him up as a person, but as a father, and now as an adult, I'm realizing how much that affected my childhood, but just the natural crazy coming from the genetic side, um, plus the trauma, the family trauma 
has really caused a dysfunction in my family, truly. All the men in my family, unfortunately, were just dealt a bad hand and have depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, addiction issues. Uh, the women, not so much. I got kind of lucky, but I do deal with my own things. And it's just caused so many issues. And when you can step back and see that, though. Mm-hmm. That's growth. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's healing. And, you know, I will say, again, another raw comment here. Like, my husband, he just grew up with so much dysfunction. And I was, like, looking at it, you know, outward in, like, your family's really fucked up, man. But you don't know any better because you're in it and this is your norm. Right. Like your definition said. Yeah. You feel it. So you don't know anything different. Yeah. So you learn to fucking function in that normal. That's right. And then what's fucked up is that in your future, in your future relationships, unless there is some form of chaos. That's right. You don't feel okay. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you sometimes cause chaos. Yes. You cause your own issues. Yes. Guilty. Yeah. (laughs) Because... That's what you're used to, and it feels, it gives you anxiety to not have that. Right. I call that in my household the Italian passion. (laughs) Because my family is Italian. My dad's side of the family is Italian, and everything we do with do with passion. I kind of we drink with passion. We eat with passion. We argue with passion. We dance with passion. Kiss to that. Yes, right? Well, my husband does not quite play on that same card, (laughs) and he like literally will like lose his mind sometimes and i'm like no this is the passion and he's like oh my god i'm scared for my life well that that leads into that's how your family functions right but a functional family can also be a dysfunctional family Mm -hmm. yes Uh, that's really interesting my i think i've mentioned before my parents are divorced they separated when i was 12 i think they were divorced by the time i was 14 and i remember uh, hearing that there were at least 40 trips to the court in between that, that year and a half. Yeah. My, uh, my father was a, uh, a University of Texas educated lawyer. I believe my mother's family paid for his law school education, and then he used that to not pay child support. So I, I think for me, a dysfunctional family is based around a lack of communication, empathy, and understanding. Uh, I, I'd imagine that at some point anybody listening to this it has seen one of like the five or six main bullet points of a dysfunctional family in your own. I mean, we're all humans. You know, mm. we, we try our best. I would like to say that uh, I, I hope everyone is giving like 100%, right? It's, it's not ideal. People are in all sorts of situations, right? But um, did did any of you have situations where your parents just could not be adults as to how they spoke about your your other parent <laughs> to you, the child. Yeah, they they couldn't. They, I think they couldn't help it. Like as an adult now, that is on a heal. <clears throat> I took a healing journey this year. I took some time, did a lot of therapy, healed myself. That was my goal this year. But now realizing, as and as a mother now, looking back at what kind of mother and father, you know, and just how much they struggled to be adulty adults and how they just couldn't because. They didn't have the tools. They didn't have the knowledge. It wasn't their fault. But at a certain point, you sh- when you have kids especially, let's take some accountability and figure out how not to fuck them up. Yeah. I mean, se- separating if you don't have kids is just a breakup, right? I mean, yeah. married, dating, what have you. There, there are differences. But uh, to generalize, I mean, there, there are no real victims besides you and the other person. 
Sure. And I guess like four or five friends that have to go one way or another. Yeah, I will say, so when my parents, my parents got divorced when I was three and we lived in a very small town, 5,000 people. And like, this is not like, oh, outside of a big city, 5,000 people. This is out in the middle of fucking nowhere, 5,000 people, right? So there's one grocery store, maybe two, you know, like small area. And there was so much animosity between my parents that any time they would cross paths, I would have to hear about it. <laughs> like, I ran into your father today in the grocery store. And I have seen them together in the same room. And literally, obviously, I'm not three anymore, right? That's been a few years. We're talking 40 years. And they still, still harbor all this resentment. When I got married about 10 years ago, my mom almost lost her shit because she was going to have three husbands at the <laughs> wedding, okay? Her current husband my father and my ex-stepdad all were going to be at the wedding and she cannot let anything go. She holds onto it so deeply. So I got, I'm telling you guys, I got probably 10 phone calls while we were planning the wedding about the fact that my ex-stepdad was going to be invited. I was like, bro, you you married him. From her? Yes, from her. And then my stepdad. If you invite them. Right? I'm like, I didn't marry it's you did. <laughs> he was in my Save life from the, the only time. Rodeo. <laughs> right? He was in my life from the time I was eight until I was 18. And they went to the point where my stepdad called my, who, you know, Agent J, who was my fiance at the time, and put the full court press on him, too. So mom ultimately just relented and popped some Xanax and came to the wedding. (laughs) They literally, I have seen my mom and my dad in the same room probably five times in my life. Graduations for me and my sister, weddings for me and my sister, and like one other time. But okay, so what was it that caused the divorce? Ah, well, that's a good question. So I was three, right? And I don't, uh, so I don't remember, but I've asked the question. My mom, completely off the table. She won't talk about anything. I asked my father after some drinks one night, and his response was, and I quote, let's just say I didn't do anything to her that she hadn't already done to me. Oh, shit. And I'm like, whatever. All right, I'm fucking done. I'm not playing this game. Papa likes pegging. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. No, thank you. Mm. So, Well, I mean, you know, my husband, uh, he won't cheat because of this crazy dysfunctional family that he has. So his father actually cheated on his mother, but... It, it makes me laugh because, you know, you talk about different times, right? Like back then, his mom was, she had two kids. Um, his dad was in the war. You know, he came back, did his thing. But the fucked up thing is, is here you are, you leave mom one, you pick up mom two, who is severely dysfunctional, completely opposite, right? From responsible to fucked up. Like what in your mind led you to think that you would have a better life with this fucked up lady. Yeah. Sex was better. It was better. More fun, more From what I hear. Absolutely. So what are your most dysfunctional moments that you remember? I have so many. I I just don't, you know, I actually took a two year break from this dysfunctional stepmother because it was just too much dysfunction with all of her substance abuse. And it, it actually made me feel bad because um, he has a stepsister who is younger. And again, that definition that I read earlier, she doesn't know any better. 
she doesn't know any better. And every time when we were around her, it was just issue after issue. It's sad that she was allowed to stay in the, the family. Like when somebody is that toxic at a certain point, you would think that, you know, to, to protect themselves, that the person married to them would say, Hey, this isn't working out. Maybe you should be another ex-wife, but <laughs> is there a reason why she stayed? Is there a reason why she was allowed to stay? Oh, and that's, that is, that is like to the theme of my life right everybody now. In the my dad so, and my stepmom, if you all were ever in a room with them, your flesh would probably just burn off of your body. <laughs> they are, it is awful. It, they fight, they bicker, they like, they hit this point where it's don't be an asshole. You're an asshole. Da da da. Like they will start yelling at each other, regardless of who's in the room. And people have def- like just stopped being friends with them. People will not come around because it is so toxic and ugly. And from the time I was 19, I started saying, "Why don't you all just divorce?" Right. But they said, "No, but." I love her Mm-mm. or I love him. And but I'm like, is this what love, love looks like for you? No. But it is. To them because they don't know anybody. That's right. That's the, the point. And right? we owe everybody, your friends, your kids, redefine what love is, people. It is not codependency and toxicity. Yes. You mm. don't need that shit in your life. Let's do better as human beings and treat each other better and not accept that anymore because you're fucking up a new generation. That's easy to say it, though, right? Like you got to think about the fact these people are in this. That's right. And for them to recognize it and say, wait a minute. Yeah. And I know for my dad and my stepmom, it's like, okay, well, what happens to us? They're both in their seventies. What happens to us now? If we do this, it's been such a conversation for years. Wow. But so you, you also need to keep in mind, we're looking at this from a 2023 perspective where divorce is normalized, if not, you know, gambled on or expected for, for half of marriages. Right. right? Whereas even our parents' generation wasn't really socially acceptable. I know that despite having been the, uh, uh, the victim of adultery. It was my mom who got a lot of the the social um, the blacklisting. Mm. With that, right? that's how you, yeah. yeah, shunning. Um, so so I mean, out. at some point, yeah, like my my dad fucked around on my mom, <laughs> which I think as an adult, oh, God, I, I can almost understand because she she's an amazing woman. I, I'm the luckiest kid alive to have had her for a mother. I do understand that she's not very flexible. You know, my, my parents had some legitimate problems. But, like, I didn't realize a part of a dysfunctional family was my parents sleeping in separate bedrooms. Mm-hmm. I thought it was because my dad snored. That's mm-hmm. what I was told, right? Uh, looking back as an adult, while my dad did snore, I don't think I was lied to. Uh, I don't believe the reason he was in his own room was because of that. Yeah. Uh, fuck that. Oh, it's rough to think about all this. Same. It was the same situation in my family, except my mom was the one that stepped out. But I have that same confusing feeling mm-hmm. of I can, as an adult, and also as an adult that's been cheated on in a relationship, can almost understand why she did what she did. My father was a very abusive emotionally, physically. Um, she just was seeking 
love. You know, safe. a family is a, it's not a, an immediate thing. It's not like I get married, I have a family, great, and now we're good. You know, it, it requires constant work and management and, and, and just energy. You know, my, my dad, for example, was a, uh, uh, a pretty successful from a, a young age, right? He went to went to law school, ended up being a, a VP in an oil company, and then I was born. And, and I, I don't went know. To hell in a handbasket. So clearly, clearly, at least <laughs> one other person has had this conversation with their parents. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, apparently, once I was born, uh, my dad somehow lost the ability to keep his shit together. Right. So uh, my childhood was him going from. I don't want to say job to job. I, I don't remember. I, I remember stability. And then he was also leaving the house in a suit when he was unemployed for like two years at a time. Right. And during that time, I never should have found any of this information out. But when you're an adult and you're probably at your, your maximum stress level, if you have a kid who's there to listen, you, you talk, you know, I don't hold that against my mom. I, I think she probably would have wanted to do better, but you know, we're only human. Uh, he was like pulling out, you know, 500 or a thousand bucks a day from an ATM. And I don't know what he's doing with it. Uh, but, but hookers, I don't even know what I'd really want the answer to be. Yeah. I've never thought about <laughs> it until right now. Like if you're pulling out that kind of money, it's obviously for, for a woman. He was, he was fucking around or gambling. Yeah, or drugs, I, like no, horse races. No, my, my parents are, are straight edge. I've probably done more drugs in a day than they've <laughs> so done. So you say, wait, wait, wait. So hookers are okay, but horse racing isn't? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I heard whores. Oh, no. Oh, well, I mean, well, horse, no, I mean the, horse racing, racing is a whole He wasn't buying a horse. She's just someone. Yeah, in. and what do you use as an incentive? Like, they don't work for carrots. So <laughs> what kind of They do yes. like Yeah, them. what kind of carrots? There's a different That's true. carrot. That's true. They like taking a big old bite, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Cocoa Puff, to your point, you know, like, why did they stay? So in in my situation, um, you know, I don't know what happened in her childhood, and I've always wanted to ask, but it was just not worth my time. But she tried to commit suicide multiple times, and they have a special needs daughter. So father felt the guilt uh, this woman can't take care of my child, you know. That's so much. And you add in the chemical dependency. Yeah. Like it's just, it's a lot, man, for sure. Hey, without feeling like there was another way out, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and sometimes you just succumb to the wave, you know, the wave that just, you know, takes over you, and, and what do you do? You can't fight against it, so it just takes you over. So how have you guys, like, really coped? I mean, Cocoa Puff talks about therapy, but... I, you know, for me, it's just like, oh my gosh, I just have to distance myself from this situation and just let it go. Boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah. Capital Amen. B. And yeah. that is what, honestly, I have learned in therapy yeah. is setting boundaries and for myself, but for other people and communicating those boundaries to other people. I went seven years without speaking to my father. Oh my gosh. I was just going to say I went four years without speaking to mine. And we recently, yeah. I talk about how in 2022, I was my, it was my healing year, my journey. Did therapy. I did a lot of self-work growth. I reconnected with him this year. Mm. I had dinner with him this week. We, he met my son, who is three, who he never, he didn't even know I had a, a, oh, another, wow. a third baby because we hadn't talked right. in so long. So 
I, I decided in my control, in my growth, in my healing, that with boundaries, we can reconnect and we can, we can continue or we can forge a new relationship with these rules now. Mm -hmm. And I hold him to those boundaries. I love that. That's exactly what I've had to do. And I talk to people all the time who thinks it's, they think it's just bullshit to talk about boundaries. And I'm like, that's all you can do. And you have to put your foot down. So with my family, my mother moved to the area not too long ago, like a few years ago, and they are takers. They were taking and taking and taking. My husband and I are givers. We were over there all the time trying to help them with things, and they just kept taking and taking and taking. And they, you know, they're so dry. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much to be around when they're arguing and they're drinking so much. And I finally was like, for my own sanity and well being, I've got to set some boundaries in place. So I, you know, set up some kind of parameters around like we'll see them at times where people aren't drinking as much like brunch, whatnot. And then I straight up told them like, we will come to your house, but once it hits five o'clock, that's when the beer can opens and we're out the door. Like Mm. they have more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, because I don't have to wait till five to open up a can. <laughs> well, no, no, more self control. Yeah, that is my dad's rule, which I give him a lot of credit for. My dad recognizes that he has a problem, and his okay, his good. rule is five it. o'clock. But I it, literally, you can watch him count down the seconds, and at five o'clock, he opens that bottle of wine. It's gone by five fifteen. Putting well, the, so putting the functional and dysfunctional. That's huh? right. Hey, talking about putting the functional and dysfunctional, oh. I feel like. In my situation, I have practiced redefining what dysfunctional can look like for my own children because I fully recognize that my last relationship was dysfunctional, set the boundaries, did the healing, chose to leave the situation. It is not in normal terms a functional, uh, it's dysfunctional, it is, Mm -hmm. but I am making it functional by staying 100% 100% drama-free. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be that baby mama. I have promised myself it's always going to be about the kids and keeping open communication and checking his ass, my ex, when he acts a certain way and reminding him this is about the kids. Refocus. It's Good about the kids. I see that so much where the parents just mm-hmm. use their kids. It's oh, awful. yeah. They're totally pawns in a war. Oh, it's yeah. awful. We've been it, down. right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the worst part is it. I don't even think it's realized while it's happening. Yeah. Right. You know, oh, of course I, I, it's say, not. Say what I will. I've lived the life I have. It, my mother never would have, have talked to me about my dad had she known that it would have like harbored feelings down mm-hmm. the line. Uh, but... You know that that's just also kind of how it is. Again, we're we're only human, right? We we can do our best, and I, I don't I don't have the the numbers around this one, but most people don't end up with that one person they're supposed to be with their entire life on their first try, right? If that if that one person thing is is even real, it's romanticized. Oh, hands down, yeah. right? It probably leads to the oh, creation fuck, guys, of. So you're telling me I have a divorce in my future? Uh, it won't <laughs> if, you're, if you're lucky, it's based weird. on your mom. I can't oh, even it's commit. Too bad it, it's too bad I saved myself for Agent J. <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> you were a sweet, sweet virgin. That's right. <laughs> yep, save that sweet honeypot. Uh oh, Harry <laughs> Reid is pulling out stats. Yeah, come on, I, data, I know data, there's, daddy. There, there's it. more I want to talk about. So the the keys of a, a dysfunctional family, based off 
I didn't write the website down, but I think it was something like unhappywoman.com. <laughs> Miserablebitch.com. Poor, poor parenting. And you know what? I wasn't a victim of poor parenting. I, I was a victim of two people who just was. weren't meant for each other. I, I think the worst story I can remember, I obviously like when both parents are involved, was probably them quiet arguing in the kitchen while I was supposed to be asleep. Aww. Again, like they divorced when I was 12, right? I, I was young. You're, well, but so you were old enough to recognize it and know it. Yeah, I, I don't really consider that a big deal. You I know, thought that well, looking you back on it. But your mind does. Looking back on it, it people not. argue. Right? That was Especially just if you look at some of the things we've talked about. <laughs> that's not. Like you, you argue about, about money, about happiness, about what have you, right? That, that's just adult shit. Um, abusive environments. I I don't understand it. I don't, you know, so Coco Puff mentioned earlier about emotional and and physical abuse. I I don't understand how you can think that this person is going to change. They apologize. They send you flowers. You know, they do all these things. And I've known, we've we've talked about this briefly in other episodes, but I, I just, I can't. I can't. Would you like a, a masterclass on gaslighting? (laughs) because <laughs> I'm ready to mansplain some stuff to you. Okay, mansplain it, bitch. No, I, I'm just saying, I, I feel like <laughs> if there are any bullets on this list that we haven't been a part of, you should just be fucking thankful and lucky mm. because none of this is really excessive. If, you're, if you want to talk about abusive environments, there are lots of methods of abuse. Uh, I, I'm very fortunate to, to not have any like concrete... Come on, uh, um, share the list. Experiences here. But yeah, no, it, it, I'm just saying that the, this stuff is real. And once you're in it, you're probably in it before you realize. There, there's physical abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, is pretty clear. You, you know that you're a victim of that. Uh, I can't imagine that just being cured overnight by a, a hope and a prayer. But emotional abuse is severe as fuck. Yeah. Uh, and you know, then you find that can yourself. Kill somebody. Uh, have you ever found yourself apologizing for something and you really don't know why you're apologizing? No, I've oh. never because I don't have boundaries. Well, <laughs> I mean, goddamn, that, that's amazing. I I had people pleasing issues, daddy issues, uh, anxiety. I mean, all, all of my before this year, and I really started my healing journey. All of my whole personality was shaped by my trauma <laughs> as a child. And I didn't realize that until I started therapy because I was in, in relationships that were not serving me and I was worried about my children. Yeah. Until I had children, I was like, if it was just me, I was like, I didn't know any better, you know, <clears throat> but when I had kids, I was really concerned that they were going to end up like me. Yeah. And, and this, it would hurt them. So here I am on this journey to make sure that this doesn't hurt another generation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We owe it to, but you owe it to yourself. Yourselves, we should, should really heal the inner child. And that's what I worked on a lot this year in therapy. Strong. Was healing my inner child so that I don't fuck up my actual children. (laughs) But you know, I think it's hard. We like hold parents to such a high standard. Right. And I think about my childhood and like, I feel like my mom, her situation was so difficult and she married, I fully believe that she married her second husband. And this sounds so terrible, but for 
money. Mm. And not that he was like rolling in the dough. This was not a sugar daddy situation, but she was a single mom with two kids. My dad was combative. He was difficult to deal with. So she fought all the time to get child support. She needed help. And I really think that she married her second husband to provide financial support. Well, second hubby didn't like kids. Mm. So what it looked like was we would take the bus to and from school. She worked her ass off. She would come home. They would come home. She, we would have dinner one way or another, whether we made it or they made it. And they would go into their bedroom and close the door. And that was it. Like there was no interaction. It was very like I, years ago, I talked to a therapist and she talked about it being equivalent of being an orphan mm -hmm. because you're just left to your own devices as a kid. And, you know, it's like I feel like she did what she thought was best for us at the time. It was what she could do. And it was like her way of walking that line between having a husband who didn't like kids and having two kids that needed to eat, you know? I'm glad you brought that up because, again, you know, that same situation with um, my husband's mom, right? She got married five times and they were very poor once um, his dad left her. And, yeah, she married because she had to make ends meet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, honestly, that that sounds more functional than dysfunctional too. Be because at some point your your only goal is to take care of what you need taken care of, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what happens after that. Yeah. Whew. Uh, after abusive environments, we've got parental substance abuse. Yeah, I mean we've talked about that already. Yep. Check like, check yep. that box. Yep. Check check. Uh, <laughs> me mental illness, which is going to pop up from time to time. Well, I, I don't think yeah. anybody can can just escape that by eating well or doing yoga. Nope. Uh, poor communication, we definitely hit. Mm -hmm. right? Maybe uh, maybe just explain yourself and why you feel that way uh, without so, worrying about what's going to happen when you say those words. It sounds so easy, but it takes so much emotional maturity yeah. to be able to express your emotions in a way that is not just self-serving. Oh, looking someone in the eye and really bearing your soul is not, not an easy thing to do, right? No. But, but again, most people aren't supposed to have that level of relationship. As I mentioned before, we're Italian in my family, so the way we communicate is anything but healthy. There's a lot of screaming. There's a lot of, like, angry, a lot of emotion. And when my husband and I talk, like, he's like, quit yelling at me. I'm like, I'm not yelling at you. We're just having a conversation. That, that's such a big point, right? So yes, I, it I, is. I, I don't uh, want to just focus on, on, on myself here, but, like, Mrs. Reed and I have been together for 11 years. Uh, she's of Vietnamese descent. Vietnamese is a beautiful language, but it's not exactly a happy sounding language. Right. <laughs> and at some point, even though, you know, we don't speak Vietnamese as a default in the house, that same delivery comes comes across. Like I happen to be very sarcastic, which is not something that most Asian cultures tend to understand. We do have communication, but 11 years in, there are some times where I'm still like, will you please stop fucking yelling and we can just get something going. <laughs> Yeah. And she feels attacked. Like I'm not, I'm not yelling. Right. Exactly. You know Eleven I'm like, years in, we're having a conversation, it, and he's like, ah. "I'll tell you what." And this will be a great ending point. It, it would be very dysfunctional to accept that at face value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm working on myself to where she, she's my partner. Mm -hmm. You know, I give her benefit of the doubt a hundred percent of the time, even if it is 
killing me in the meantime. <laughs> Compromise. But you know what? No, that that's exactly what you have to do. Yeah. You know, we have our, our very functional days. Most of our days are like functional at that level. And we have days where like it's not it's not, you know, loving, amazing like all the rest. But you you just have to put up with that. And as long as I don't know, I guess I would summarize it as long as you're you're happy and you both are are good and trusting. You're not hurting each other or anybody else. Yeah. You have to look out for each other's well being. Right. And it's hard to it's hard to remember that sometimes, especially when you're feeling threatened and attacked. Because we act right. on our emotions. Yeah. Well, well, basically, to to be functional, just be a great parent. Don't tolerate abusive environments. Maybe don't do drugs or drink. Maybe mental okay, illness wait, probably something out. to avoid. I'm not, sign me up for dysfunction. <laughs> I know. Excellent communication, doing drugs, which is just right super here. easy without all the drugs oh. and booze. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so is it dysfunctional though that I am blunt as fuck with my husband? No, because no. that, that's great communication. Like, maybe well, uh, there's not, radical not candor, which is always some, radical, some bullshit. Yes. Radical candor is just Well, there's a, a, a difference formal between radical be candor and aggressive communication. Oh, that, that's that so term. well said. Radical candor. I, love I, I so wish I hadn't been talking over you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's, there's, there's a difference between being open and being honest and being direct when you're not taking the other person's feelings or reception into account yeah and i am 100 percent guilty of that as well because i'm like listen motherfucker this is just the way it is yeah yep because yeah. it's how it makes me feel right so. well closing out this episode i mean i think that we've with all of our story we're all fucked up there's no doubt about that <laughs> but i do think we solved the world's problem i I, I agree with you can we do more healing in 23 please yes, yes. thank I, you i confronted stuff during this podcast this stuff like yeah. this like buried down deep so thank you ladies I'm yes. drink a little more this after is this therapy <laughs> you know i will <laughs> cut <laughs>